the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This program was recorded for broadcast at this time. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And this is my time. Keep it here as Roger talks about local and national issues important to you. Talking with the leaders and newsmakers in our community. And now, here's Roger. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show, a program that's dedicated to protecting, preserving, and defending America's founding traditions of God, family, country. Friends, it's wonderful to be with you today. I want to thank you for the opportunity as we talk about the issues that affect us in our community, our state, and our nation during these trying times, challenging times, exciting times. It's great to be with you today. I want to thank you for the opportunity to join you. Of course, on the Roger Franklin Williams Show, we talk about those issues from a perspective that honors America's founding traditions of God, family, country, and honors and respects our founding documents and the founding principles upon which our country was based, as expressed in the Declaration of Independence so eloquently by Thomas Jefferson as codified in the United States Constitution and in our judicial system, our legal system as well, and of course our free market economic system as well, and is symbolized by our American flag and national anthem. We have a great show for you today. Looking forward to being joined a little bit later in our show by our friend and Regular contributor Derek Hicks, president of Thompson Jewelers. And, of course, Derek always has a lot of great insights. He's an authority on the Revolutionary War period, on the founding of the the period of our, the colonial period, the founding of our country. And we look forward to having him share about some of that, uh, in, his insights and knowledge and wisdom with us later on the show today. And, of course, getting his thoughts and insights on the current uh, challenges that we're facing right now from a variety of perspectives, both internally and and now, unfortunately, externally as well. Mainly, I would like to talk specifically until Derek joins us about, obviously, the situation that affects pretty much the whole world in, in a certain perspective, certainly Europe and the United States, with the Russian invasion of the Ukraine. And I've got some specific thoughts on it. I am by no means an expert on the situation or on the history of Ukraine, of Russia, um, of the, the history of those two countries. I know probably about what you do, if, 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 uh, if not as much. So I'm certainly not proclaiming myself to be an expert. And But my perspective is from the perspective of what's the best course of action for the United States of America. What is in the self-interest of the United States of America as we, of course, observe this situation 
and, you know, are feel to some extent um, led to, to, I guess, take, t- take some action. And which, of course, I guess some, some actions are already being taken um, in terms of economic sanctions um, in that perspective. And I let me just start from the top. And following from what I, I just said, I think the most important thing, priority abs- number one, is for the United States of America not to get bogged down, if you will, or, dr- or dragged into uh, this conflict in any kind of a military, military perspective. In other words, and, and you know, the, the, the reason for that is because I can't figure out, I mean, I can't speculate as to how that would be beneficial to the United States of America. Obviously, um, we always are appalled and disgusted and concerned when we see uh, oppression and violation of uh, national sovereignty and um, civilians being killed and innocent civilians being displaced and uh, atrocities taking place. Uh, that's something that America has always had a heart for. But having said that, um, what is the proper response? And what is the proper response from a perspective that will cont- that will be in the context of what's the absolute best thing for America and our American national interest? Now, Having said that, and first, to me, uh, objective number one is to avoid military conflict specifically. Uh, and, and, when, when, and today, in today's world, and particularly when you're talking about the Russians and Putin uh, and, you, and Ukrainians, uh, when you say avoid military conflict, that we have to add the caveat and avoid nuclear conflict. We want to avoid any kind of a military conflict uh, or any kind of other conflict that could trigger, if you will, the use of nuclear weapons. So, and so I guess to put things in a very simplistic perspective, I'm coming from this from a a dovish position as opposed to a hawkish position. And that is because that's what, that's the position I think is the most um, beneficial for the national interest of our country and the American people. And now going from that uh, to talk about what is our, what's good for America, what is in our national interest in terms of this situation. And I think, unfortunately, sadly, um, all of our options are bad. I think, I think, you know, the whole situation is a net negative from any perspective for America no matter what happens going forward. And I think that's a direct result of uh, weakness and perceived weakness in the leadership of the country. If you recall, if our regular listeners will recall, several weeks ago, it hasn't been too long ago, it was, if I'm not mistaken, it was before this Russian invasion of the Ukraine, I had mentioned when that it was, I'm with a strong position, opinion, that... The, the president America has now, Joe Biden, is a very weak leader from a lot of different perspectives, um, from 
a pure intelligence perspective. Um, yeah, and I don't guess we. I guess we probably. I don't even need to enumerate the various um, perspectives where he, of, of of weak leadership or the various um, specifics of his weak leadership. I think it's obvious to most Americans, regardless of political persuasion, um, that Biden is is a weak leader, if not full blown incompetent. Um, you look at our vice president Kamala Harris. I'll just ask you, what, what, what is your perspective? What, what, is, what is your evaluation or opinion of, of, the, of the seriousness or of the, the deep intelligence of, of Kamala Harris? And you, can answer, you can answer that question yourself. And I think uh, you know, the answer is pretty obvious from my perspective. Well, this isn't something that, that's only <laughs> observed by Americans. It's not something that's only observed by the various forces, political, economic, uh, et cetera, in our country. Y- you think um, yeah, Putin doesn't take a look at Biden and Harris and have some opinions about that? Y- you think uh, North Korea, other bad actors, other legitimately bad and evil people around the world, leaders, uh, don't look at our current situation in our White House the president of the United States, the vice president of the United States, and 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 understand the level that you're they're dealing with a couple of incompetents. Of of course they, of course they're observing. They're observing very closely, and they're making decisions based on those observations. And one of the most fundamental laws of nature is the concept of nature abhors a vacuum. That's not an opinion. That's not my personal opinion. That is. Basically, that is fact. Anytime you have a vacuum, and it, the specific you know situation comes from the world of physics and science, but it also applies to the world of politics and leadership as well. I've observed this many, many times over the course of my life um, in companies I've worked with, on organizations I've been a part of, sports teams I've played on. Whenever you've got a leadership vacuum, when you've got weak leadership at the top of your organization, the odds that anything good is going to happen uh, are, 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 are virtually neg- uh, uh, you know, impossible or, or, or incredibly small, if not completely nil. And the possibility that negative consequences are going to take place are, are very high. And that's exactly what we've got in America right now. We've got weak leadership at the top. We would got, we have what I would term incompetent leadership at the top. Um, on top of that, another huge layer right on top of it is, from my, certainly our perspective, um, the policy, even if they were competent, even if they were intelligent, um, th- the policies they, they represent and advocate are wrong. Um, shutting down pipeline, energy pipelines, um, was that a wise decision? You know, curtailing our energy production resources? Were those wise decisions? You know, that, that is one of the most fundamental priorities that America should needs to have. And that should, you would think that that would be universal. You would think all political persuasions, all political parties, especially the two major ones, would be able to agree and understand and realize the fact that America needs to be energy independent. We need to have as many energy resources, especially as pertains to oil, um, as we possibly can. Our entire country, our entire society, our economy, 
is fueled by by oil production. It's just a fact. Now, of course, the environmentalists and the leftists do not like that, and they want to try to put a stop to it. And that's why we are in a situation largely that we're in now. But any common sense, patriotic America first person would realize we've got to have energy independence. Well, this administration, starting almost the first day they got in there, started trying to curtail our energy independence. So one of the, neg- one of the negative consequences of that is now um, when we look to, quote unquote, punish um, Russia uh, for their, quote unquote, bad behavior, uh, one of the things, first things is economic sanctions and, you know, curtailing uh, uh, the problem is that's uh, that's uh, exacerbated by the fact we actually uh, need oil from 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 Russia so anyway that's just one example of how incompetence and weak leadership puts us in a very difficult position and we'll pick it up when we come back from this break welcome back good to have you here for the Roger Franklin Williams show Welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Friends, it's great to be with you today. I want to thank you for the opportunity to join you. Before we pick up our discussion, uh, and right now it's just uh, me and you talking about, uh, I'm sharing with you my feelings about the Russian invasion of the Ukraine, what I think proper response from America should be, what I think about the whole situation. And as I'll just reemphasize before we pick it back up, my soul interest in the situation is what's good for the self-interest and the national interest of the United States of America. And going forward, going, you know, from that, I think getting any kind of any, getting involved in any kind of military involvement with Russia, military involvement in the situation would be a huge mistake and is definitely not in the self-interest of the United States of America. Before we go back and pick that up, I want to let you know that, of course, give a shout out to our friend, Dr. Patrick St. Germain and all the great people over at St. Germain Chiropractic and Burn Fat Orlando and let you know that Dr. Patrick St. Germain and the great people at St. Germain Chiropractic have been voted best chiropractor once again for now 11 years in a row. So when you're in pain, I encourage you to call Dr. St. Germain and the great crew over at St. Germain chiropractic. Also want to give a shout out to our friends at Apopka Mower and Equipment Repair, Mike and Brett and all the great guys at Apopka Mower. And of course, as the weather is get, getting warmer and getting warmer rapidly, and I suspect from pretty much this point on, it's going to get consistently warmer and probably quick, quicker sooner rather than later. They have everything that you'll need at Apopka Mower and Equipment Repair for all your personal lawn and garden needs or all your landscaping needs. And also they have a whole division, landscaping division, for both homeowners and individuals and companies and businesses. Apopka Mower and Equipment Repair is where they sell only the best lawnmowers and power equipment products. You can find out more at apopkamower.com. That's apopkamower.com. Apopka Mower and Equipment Repair. It's where they sell the best and they fix the rest. Now, back to our discussion, my, our discussion about 
the situation in the Ukraine, and as I said before, it's just I think there's there's no really positive outcomes here uh, from from American point of view. We've already suffered some huge negatives. The fact that that Putin and Russia actually were bold enough to even do this to to you know invade Ukraine um, is a huge sign of weakness for America. <laughs> no doubt about it. Um, it's kind of a thumb in our face. And you know, obviously you have to ask the question. Um, well, I mean, obviously, and from my perspective, obviously, if we had, a, say, a different president, say the last president we had, <laughs> Donald Trump, I don't think this, uh, I'm sure this would not be happening now. Um, but, but that's ancient history for the moment. And um, let's just deal with, with what we've got now. And what unfortunately we have is a very weak president, an incompetent president, uh, a president who may in fact even be mentally challenged, um, a guy who wasn't even very bright when he was, you know, at, at the top, you know, before his current situation, um, a guy who's pretty much notorious in Washington for being a, a guy who's not very bright, um, you know, and, and obviously now he's in the situation he's in. So... When, and as I said before, it's just a fact of life that when you have weak leadership, um, you're going to, you know, the organization, whatever it might be, sports team, small business, large corporation, um, government entity, a country, um, when you have weak, incompetent leadership, bad things are going to happen. And so one of the bad things is, has, has just happened, already happened, and we've got Russians in the Ukraine. And, you know, how are we going to get them out? <laughs> um, where's this thing going to go? And how far are we going to go to, um, to get them out, if you will, or to stop the situation? And, you know, I think that um, you know, the whole situation gives me pause because obviously military options are being talked about right now. Um, and when you're talking about military options in the year 2022, one of the things you're talking about are possible the possibility of nuclear weapons, and you know when, whenever I hear the word and the phrase nuclear weapons mentioned, the first thing I think about is you know, whenever you hear a discussion of of leaders, you know, well, pretty much anybody who's ever been in combat, but particularly military leaders, generals, um, men who have commanded troops on the ground in in military combat. One of the first things they'll say is no matter what your plan is, no matter what your strategy or your tactics are, when you, you, know, when you, you prepare to go into a battle, once that first shot is fired, <laughs> it's basically chaos. <laughs> all bets are off. All uh, game plans seem to go out the window. Once the first shot starts being fired, the whole game plan essentially goes out the window, and you've got a chaotic situation. And really, you, you know, no telling... <laughs> where it's going to go from there. Well, that's with conventional weapons, okay? But certainly the same principle would apply once you're dealing with nuclear weapons. So, you know, we're in a situation now, thanks to Joe Biden's, you know, incompetent, um, you know, persona and leadership, um, that that people are literally talking about the possibility of military conflict of which America would be involved, which also has a possibility that Russia might choose to use nuclear weapons. So <laughs> that is a, a situation that, that is almost so precarious and almost so devastating. It, it, it's something you don't even like to think about. 
So, but, and, and I'm not even going to belabor the point <laughs> along those lines. My point is weak leadership has gotten us here. Weak leadership has, incompetent leadership has gotten us here. And we don't want to <laughs> be militarily adventurous. <laughs> we do not want to be out there fooling around with a military option when we've got weak, incompetent people at the helm, if you will, you know, literally um, guiding the ship, if you will, uh, literally with their hands on the nuclear button. When the people that are going to be deciding <laughs> might have to be deciding, um, which, are we going to use our nuclear option? Um, when those people are Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, whatever country they're leading has a big problem. And unfortunately, <laughs> the country they're leading happens to be us right now. So I just want everybody to know from my perspective, you know, terrible situation. It's a byproduct of weak and competent leadership and almost uh, there's almost no really positive outcome. Um, there's only <laughs> probably a bad case scenario outcome, but there are bad case. There are, there is a bad case scenario outcome and there's also a, a worst case scenario outcome outcome. And, you know, I'm not even going to mention what the worst case scenario outcome as well. I'll let you figure that on your own. Um, not hard to figure out. Um, a bad case scenario option uh, is we, we America gets involved in military conflict. Um, other bad scenario situation, less than that, is eventually it'll hopefully eventually somehow it will come to an end, um, and maybe uh, you know our economic sanctions or whatever. Um, our our our, our uh, strongly worded statement, <laughs> uh, or whatever, um, might help facilitate um, you know some kind of a ceasefire or some kind of resolution, ultimately. But but even at at even if that happens, it's going to be a huge. This whole situation is just a huge negative for America, and 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 my focus is not uh, do it. You know, advocating that let's not do anything to make a bad situation worse. And before we're joined by Derek, I do want to mention, and one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this today is that, um, you know, I see a lot of uh, media coverage or, or people in the media um, that seem to be fine, seem to actually be, uh, you know, um, fine with military option, actually seem to be advocating military option. Um, I see certain coverage that seems to really be uh, hyping, or you know, uh, maybe even over-emphasizing um, the the level of this crisis. And when I personally think we should be de-emphasizing the level of the crisis, because at the end of the day, America hasn't been attacked. You know, nobody's even talking about America being attacked here. You're talking about a situation on the other side of the world, a situation where there's a lot of history there. There's a lot of history of. Um, of conflict, of of um, just a, a lot of history between Russia and the Ukraine, and my point is, this is this isn't something that's happening in our backyard. So, our perspective needs to be: let's not go get involved in a fight um, where there's no really big advantages to 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 America, um, even if if, it, if we quote unquote win. win. Um, but I see other people that have exactly the opposite perspective on that. And in fact, I would even see people that I would actually think are certainly um, possibly even advocating a war <laughs> uh, or even military, military involvement. Let's put it that way. 
And one thing that really surprises me when I see those, um, a lot of this coverage, it's the people that, that normally are totally against uh, Amer- the United States military. In fact, to cut to the chase before we go to break, a lot of the same pro-mandatory mass people are all outraged over the Ukraine situation, even to the point of wanting to urge more American involvement, possibly even the military involvement. The pro-vax people seem to be engaged in this situation and and be a pro-military involvement of America. It's just kind of amazing to me that the the people that have been on the the left side of the spectrum, if you will, the control, the let's let's stamp out uh, constitutional rights, let's uh, enforce more government dictatorial powers and sanctions, those people now um, are hawks. Supposedly, and they've never supported the United States military in their lives before, or and certainly not in my lifetime. Very interesting situation, and I've got some thoughts on that, which I'll probably share, um, which I look forward to sharing when we're joined by Derek a little bit later in the show. So please stay with us. You're listening to The Roger Franklin Williams Show. Welcome. To the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And now, here's Roger. And this is my turn. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. It's great to be with you today. Now, we're pleased, pleased to let you know we're joined in the studio by our friend Derek Hicks, regular contributor to our program and president of Thompson Jewelers. Go to Derek in just a moment. First, of course, I want to let you know that if you a friend or member of your family or looking for a place that'll care for your car, truck, SUV, any other vehicle you might own uh, with old school honesty, integrity, and dependability, I encourage you to get over to see my friends Demetrius and Odysseus Virgos at Sheeler Auto Repair. No job is too big or too small for the guys at Sheeler Auto Repair. In fact, that's where I take my car. I've been taking it there for 20 years. They're located 1908 South Orange Blossom Trail, Apopka, and please tell them Roger Franklin Williams sent you. Now let's go to Derek Hicks, president of Thompson Jewelers. Derek, hey, great to see you today. Thanks oh, for coming over. Wow, great to be back with you, Roger. Always enjoy coming here so much. You have an awesome show, and I just love your show. Well, thank you very much. It's uh, wonderful to have uh, you joining us. I, the listeners always love it when you join us, and so do I. I you know, and a lot's happened. You were only here about a month ago, but yes. um, a lot has happened since wow. then. Wow, the whole world has changed dramatically since then. And then uh, we've ta- been talking about it uh, here, and I'd love to have you join the discussion and get your thoughts as well, talking specifically, of course, about the Russian invasion of the of the Ukraine. And, um, and why don't we just pick it up from there, you know, and I think one of the things that, as I was talking to you off air, that I was just sharing with the, li- the listeners is... The whole issue of energy independence, you know, and, and, and even first of all, um, and this has been a, a matter of debate for, for many years, decades in, in our country, um, you know, people like us um, think that we need to, to have as much, you know, oil as we can, energy independence, yeah, create our own oil resources, et cetera. There's a strong movement, primarily from the liberals and the Democrats that want to curtail those resources. And th- this is an example right now of, of, of why we need to, a blatant example um, of why we need to have energy independence. And, and it takes it from, say, the, the theoretical realm 
because, you know, for many years that was kind of a theoretical debate. We had an abundance of energy, um, but, but now, now we don't, and, and we're looking at a situation where we could have a, a lot less because we, get a, we even get a significant portion of our energy of our oil from Russia. Well, exactly. And, you know, who better than the United States, even a person who is mentor, leans toward the environmentalists and the global warming? Why would you not want the oil produced here where it's already proven that the oil and natural gas and everything that we produce is the cleanest and the best in the whole entire world until we could break off? Because if all we're doing is shutting down our oil and natural gas here and buying it somewhere else, we're actually causing a bigger carbon footprint and more pollution. So even if you are one of those global warming people, why would you not use your rational mind and say it's better for that to be produced in America versus somewhere else where they can care less about the environment or global warming or anything to do with, uh, you know, controlling the output of oil? That's a great point. And I think that one of the answers is they, they have an agenda, left-wing political agenda, globalist political agenda, that they don't want us to have oil in the first place. That's just, That's just kind true. of using this, uh, this issue and hiding behind the, uh, the environmental, if you will, position right. when their big agenda is, is to, to make a, a, you know, America energy dependent and, and to um, make energy prices of, of all respects beyond the means of, of the average American and, and small business. Well, exactly. And I think and you know this very well, Roger, but back when President Trump was president and you had a barrel of oil, what was it, 30 or 40 dollars a barrel? And remember, we could even buy reserves because at one point it went like to so-called negative figures. Guess what? The Soviet Union, the former Soviet Union, Russia and Putin were making nothing. They were starving to death because they didn't get the money from the oil because the barrel of oil was so low. So you can imagine now if President Trump was president again, and we started producing oil again. Guess what? Putin would have no money for his war efforts, and he would have to stop because he would run out of money. And then one more point along that too, um, along with what you're saying, is you know, and, and, and one of the tragedies of the situation is, uh, and also a huge common sense tragedy, is we've got an abundance of oil reserves. Uh, Alaska alone, but not just Alaska, uh, out, out in the in the, um, the 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 Northwest, if you will, right. um, states like North and South Dakota, out there, there's an abundance of oil. We're restricting ourselves because of the you know environmentalists, extremists, and the liberals and and, and Democrats. Well, you know the Keystone Pipeline that they shut down, that Biden shut down the second he went into office. They talked to the one of the head guys that was he said by now that pipeline would be online and we'd be getting approximately nine hundred thousand barrels of oil a day. Can you imagine that he said that would pretty much be online now? So that would make a dramatic difference in what our prices were. But no, they shut all that down. And again, you just talked about the reserves in the United States. You know that they've the energy companies have said that we probably have enough oil and natural gas reserves to last the world for a hundred years. So yes, we are the Saudi Arabia, a matter of fact, of natural gas. And it's something I think one thing hopefully that w- that will come from this that we can learn from this. And as I said before, Derek, um, you join me. I think this, one of the sad things about this Russian invasion of the Ukraine is I don't see any. There's no positive outcome for America in this. I think yeah. all the outcomes are are negative. The fact they even did it. Is, is a huge negative, um, but we need to be careful not to let it escalate 
and and get completely out of control in terms of American military involvement. Right. And, you know, I mean, you have talked about President Kennedy, even though he was Democrat, how much we liked him because he'd be a Republican nowadays. You remember the Cuban Missile Crisis, and we didn't know till later, but he worked behind the scenes with Khrushchev and made a deal with Khrushchev to pull the missiles, remember, out of Europe if he agreed to pull. Well, we didn't know that happened at the time, but an incredible president. Do you think, see now, Trump, I could see Trump calling Putin right now if he was president and saying, hey, let's work out something and make this happen. And guess what? I doubt it would ever would have happened if President Trump, matter of fact, it wouldn't happen if President Trump would have been president. Happened. But even now, if you put President Trump in there, he would make a deal with Putin and that war probably would stop within a couple of days. I have no doubt about that. You know, and, and that's a great point, um, too, that I hadn't mentioned yet because I didn't even kind of go down this path. But, um, y- you know, as, and I'm sure you've heard this, too, from military leaders. Um, generals um, had, had, had you know, armies in combat, you know, even you know, uh, captains and sergeants and um, captains and lieutenants. And, um, you know, th- there's a saying in the military, you can have the best strategic plan, you, you, know, you know, going into battle. Um, but once the first shot is fired, it, it's chaos. You right. know, when, once that first shot is fired, the reality is uh, it, the battle takes on a whole life of its own. And, you know, and that's what concerns me about Putin is that, you know, if you no know, telling where this thing could go, you know, if if, if it escalates in, into a, to, to a conflict where America is involved militarily, because this is obviously a guy who's operating off of his own ego. Exactly. And that's why I think they do need to give him some kind of off ramp where he doesn't look. He doesn't want to be a loser and he's not going to be a loser. So somehow somebody who too bad it's not President Trump could negotiate with him and give him an off ramp. Even if it's behind the scenes where he doesn't appear to be a loser, maybe you could get him to stop. Because like you're saying, I don't know if the war, even the Ukraine, as good as they're fighting, those people are fighting incredibly brave and everything. But how long can they keep up against the, They just keep pouring more and more Russian army and more and more in there and more and more people are dying. So there comes a point, no matter how many weapons we give them, there's got to be some other kind of negotiation or something. Exactly. And then and what I said was, was you know, really right, right in sync with your point about President Kennedy, that he very skillfully... Uh, worked behind the scenes with Khrushchev, with the Soviets, to make sure that we got the positive outcome that we wanted, obviously, for our right. national security, exactly. for America first. But we were able to do that without humiliating the Soviets on the national stage, right. where they didn't take a huge loss, if you will, and, and their egos hurt and all that kind of a thing. And that was very skillful diplomacy uh, right. by, by President Kennedy. And, and that's, you know, obviously, hope that's the kind of thing I think this situation calls for. But sadly, yes. from my perspective, we've got incompetent uh, people in, in, in those positions now. Well, if you watched President Biden uh, yesterday, you know, they're all, even a lot of the other leaders, all joking around and laughing. You go back and you watch President Kennedy under the same situation. He's he's a statesman. He's presidential. He's presidential. Here's the plan. Here's what we're going to do. And we're going to stop him. We're on the side of right. Even as much as we kind of have problems with FDR when it came to the wartime efforts, you know, he was tough. We both agreed on that, even though we don't agree with a lot of his social policies. But anyway, that we don't see that in Biden at all. It's not there. It's just not. It's not who he is. You'll never see it. And uh, you know, one of the reasons not to keep harping on it, but you know, <laughs> hate to be, you know, so uh, consistently, I guess, negative on on the show sometimes. But reality is reality, and and that's the situation we're in right now. We've got 
president that's essentially incompetent. And so this is a situation where we need highly skilled, highly competent leadership. Right. Well, the only thing, you know, we can make a difference is you speak a lot of times on your show. The election's coming up. We not only have to vote, we have to get our friends and family. And I'm telling you, I've heard a lot of people who voted for Biden are having buyer's remorse. I was telling you a little bit about that the other day. We had a lot of people, friends, and even a lot of younger people I know were coming to me saying, we voted for Biden but we're sorry now. I've heard a lot of that. So maybe that will make the difference. 2022 will be the first step toward replacing Biden. And along those lines, it's important that everyone get engaged actively. And that's what I was uh, heard actually support Sebastian Dorka talking about this the other day. And this is something that I've been talking about for 20 years, literally is one of the, the core reasons I founded this show as we head into our break is that, you know, it's important to be informed. It's important to to talk with our friends about the issues and to and to you know do things like watch Fox News and and listen to Salem Media Group stations. But ultimately, we each individual needs to take that next step yes. and get one other, just one other person talk to one other person, uh, you know, and expand our reach, if you will. Don't just sit there and, and watch Fox News or listen to uh, you know um, <laughs> FM ninety four point nine and AM nine fifty and think think you're doing something uh, right. because really you, you need to get uh, you know, pe- get o- other people involved and engaged yes. and, and get them to, to the polls, basically. Dead on, Roger. Dead on. Well, friends, we're on a, we're up to that next break. Now, when we come back, we'll continue to speak with Derek Hicks, president of Thompson Jewelers, on the Roger Franklin Williams Show. On the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Welcome back. Good to have you here for the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And now back to the studio. Here's Roger Franklin Williams. Welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. It's great to be with you today, talking about the issues that affect us in our community, our state, and our nation. And, you know, I'm pleased to be joined by Derek Hicks, President of Thompson Jewelers. And, you know, Derek, I, I say that, I've been saying that little phrase ever since I've been doing the show, you know, because that's a part of the mission of our show to talk about the issues that affect us in our community, our state and our nation. And I can't think of a time that I've been doing the show where external events do have the potential to affect us in oh our community, gosh. our state, and our nation, especially in our local community right here, because, um, you know, as we're keeping a close eye on the military conflict uh, between Russia and Ukraine, uh, if, um, if this continues to escalate, it will dramatically affect us here. And it's already going to affect us here. Well, yes, and if you can imagine if Putin would launch some kind of massive biological or chemical weapon against the people of Ukraine, or God forbid, a nuclear, even if it's a conventional nuclear armed, it could make chaos here, too, because so many people would panic. So, yes, what you're talking about is so true. We've probably never been in such a crisis as this since President Reagan, but he seemed to know how to handle the Soviets. Remember, they say he was a warmonger, and yet... Peace through strength made a difference, and we don't see that today. We don't see that peace through strength. Well, I think uh, Mar- Margaret Thatcher said it best. Uh, he uh, won the Cold War without firing a shot. Yes, exactly. And it gets back exactly. It's interesting that you mentioned the concept of peace through strength, which was Reagan's uh, core principle. I had just written peace through strength because yeah. I wanted to talk about that concept because that's the way that you avoid situations like this is by, you know, by having – by being in a position of strength, both military strength and economic strength, especially military strength. And that was literally um, Reagan's number one priority 
when he took office, and I remember it vividly <laughs> uh, those days. Um, I remember what conditions in America were like, right. you know, when when he did take office, and um, but it was his foundation was military strength, and, if, and as I know you remember, Derek, and a lot of our listeners remember, he took tremendous abuse from the liberal media, the so-called mainstream media, um, and, and attacks and political attacks for for his um, you know desire and and his his camp you know his his efforts to rebuild our our military to put us in a position of strength. Well, exactly. If you remember, you remember how the media said he was going to get us into World War III, and they claimed all this, but he's the exact opposite of what he did. That peace through strength, they, people don't understand. That's the same way with President Trump. If President Trump would have been in office, and we, he would have, which he did win the election, but if he'd be in office right now, that never would have happened because Putin was afraid of President Trump. He didn't know what President Trump would do. He, did, he, was, he feared him. So that would have stopped this from happening. And that's the same way when President Reagan was in office. That peace through strength goes all the way back to, as you know, President Washington. Remember, he said, our let our army be so strong that everyone would fear to ever attack us so they wouldn't attack us. And unfortunately, uh, that uh, we can't we don't have that opportunity now because uh, we obviously um, you know, are not working with a position of strength due to our weak and competent leadership. And that's led to the situation we're in now. And, you know, it's, um, you know, it's just a big negative. There's no other way to put it. And the way to have avoided it uh, and avoid things like this in the future right. is to operate from a position of strength. And that includes uh, includes uh, strong leadership. And Derek, one thing, I, in the few moments we have left, I would want to talk about briefly and um, – because I yeah we talked a little bit about it off the air and it's one thing I have observed, which is I find very curious, and that in this uh, whole situation it seems like a lot of the people the political forces if you will, um, and I'm talking specifically about the so-called mainstream media the lamestream media the leftist uh, fake news media seem to be very engaged in this you know, Russian uh, Ukrainian situation and seem to be very pro. Escalating American involvement seemed to be very pro, possibly even talking, very comfortable, shall we say, talking about military involvement. Um, have you noticed that yourself, and what do you make of that? Well, I think what, what their idea is, they want to have more control. We've learned now, we know who the Democratic Party is. They want to control us, and they know that if even anything would happen over there, what would escalate, they would just take more more things away from us. They could declare martial law. They could do all kind of things to us, and they would do it as quickly as they could. Look what they did with the pandemic. That is their gold. I think that, and also, of course, you've heard, remember President Eisenhower always spoke about the military-industrial complex. Well, again, a lot of those Democrats have a lot of stock in all those companies that produce all those war weapons. So, again, but they would be never would send their son or daughter over here. That's the, the sad thing. You know, it's all right to send our son or daughter over there, but never theirs. And that's the problem with the Democratic Party. They want to control us. And that is their end game. Well said. And um. And I, but I will. I would add that a lot of the Washington, what I would refer to as the Washington Republicans, yes. or the inside Republicans, or the swamp Republicans, uh, they have sure. certainly have a, a, an interest in the military-industrial complex as well, yes. and maybe maybe even have a, have their own fi- financial interest there too. And you know, and I, if, I'm glad you mentioned that too because um, the military-industrial complex concept, because that was something that. 
for for many years, and I might even say decades, <laughs> when yeah. I heard that phrase, I didn't understand it. Yeah, I didn't quite get it. You know, and um, and and there's nobody that was more qualified to talk about it than President Eisenhower, right? You know, the su- supreme Allied commander who uh, led led the the victory in World War II. So he certainly has credit. He's certainly not uh, you know, somebody who's a, a peacenik, if you will. Right, or, no. Um, but he he knew the cost of war firsthand. And he knew that you, you never wanted to even go back and have anything like World War II again. Yeah. Um, but the and but the, but once I fig, once I really understood what that phrase military industrial complex meant, it was literally chilling, because yeah, I, if I'm you know in, in, what, what, the way I interpret it is, yeah, we, we as a consequence of just the way our country's adult, evolved and our and our strength, you know, was we have a massive um, military capacity now. Um, and we did then when when he he coined the phrase, uh, Matt even which included a a, a big uh, uh, cache of nuclear weapons, um, and and major industries, major you know corporations are are um per, you know are participate you know favorably by having this right you know, the, all these weapons and this machinery and the planes and the tanks and you know all, all the military machinery and and once you get in that situation, human nature almost you know anybody who has a new co- Toy, <laughs> you, right. you drive home a, a brand new Porsche. You want to drive it. You know anybody that's, that's got a new toy wants to use it. And so there's a tremendous, um, you know, temptation, if you will, right. for men that get into position of power or leaders that get into position of power in the military and even uh, civilian leadership to maybe want to want to use you know, yeah, some of this, not this the weaponry. Ones, yeah, they're not like the old generals. They're not the Patton who's out there on the battlefield the with his men. They're not them. They're the ones that sit back in Washington and just put other sons and daughters and grandsons and granddaughters on the front line. But they will never do anything. And the kind of generals we have in power now, those are the ones that would do those kind of things. It's it's scary that, boy, just to have an old Patton again, wouldn't that be? <laughs> but, you know, sadly, I don't even know if he would be able to rise through the ranks today. Uh, you know, somebody uh, tell it like it is, guy no, who yeah. wasn't careful about what he said and no, like, what wasn't, you know, parsing, you, every, parsing every word. But and, you knew he was telling the truth. I'd rather have a man or a woman like that anytime, and you would too. At least you know where they stand, and that's what Trump was, and that's what Reagan was. They were not politicians. When they said something, yeah, it may hurt somebody's feelings or be kind of crude every now and then, but yet you knew it was from their heart. And that's the kind of person that America needs. And that's the old American, actually. Absolutely. And um, well, we certainly could use General Patton today. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> and um, and one more thing about the military industrial complex and another you know, residual derivative of it are there's a whole economic structure that's not only dependent on having the weapons, and we've just said we need to have the weapons because right. we, you know, peace through strength concept, right. but but there also becomes a temptation to to use the weapons, and and just let's just it's just a fact, uh, an unavoidable fact that once war does happen, that's financially advantageous to certain corporations um, and you know financial uh, entities, uh, yeah, etc. So. Uh, Banking, finance industry, whatever. Certain industries do benefit uh, dramatically uh, from from war. Well, look at all the in World War II, as you remember, all the independent contractors that the government would hire to build planes and tanks. Well, they got pretty rich, by the way, too. I mean, they were doing it for America. And well, I understand. In, in, in Vietnam, yes, you know, a Vietnam, lot of people have been, benefited you know, yes. dramatically all the way through, all the way through the Desert Storm and the the current situation. So it's something we need to watch. I think. 
President Eisenhower said said it very well, said it best. We need to be ever vigilant, uh, and that's why civil, strong civilian leadership is so important right. to, to be over the military and make sure that we're not overly uh, militarily adventurous. And then, then you hit something I think is the core of this whole issue that concerns me the most. Well, was, well let me put it it's right up there with the outbreak of nuclear war, at least let's put yeah. it that way. Um, and it's, it's, it's tragic that we're even talking about that, but derivative of, of lack of peace through strength um, is the fact that a lot of these these pro these people that are so military adventurous now in the media in government um, in the public debate are the same people that were the pro shut everything down because of COVID people they were they were the same people mandatory mass people they were the same mandatory vaccination people um, it, that same element which are primarily on the left um, and support all these other left wing Organization. I've never seen that element so pro-military before and so pro-war uh, and military action before. And, and I just think that you nailed it. It's because they have their own agenda. Exactly. And that agenda is to curtail constitutional rights of citizens. Because one of the first things that goes out the window in war, and it happened with Abraham Lincoln, it happened right. with Woodrow Wilson, it happens during war, happened during World War II. Right. Um, Gas rationing, um, curtailing civil liberties, especially freedom of speech. And I think that that's their ultimate agenda. And I think they want to use this. Certain elements on the left want to use this conflict for that very purpose. Oh, they will definitely. I'm telling you, anything would happen at all where they could shut us down again. They would do it so they could control us. If anything could happen where they could end our use of oil and gas, they would do it immediately. They can care less about the middle class, about us. Well said, Derek, and great to have you join us. Time's uh, went by very fast. It's always great to catch up with you. Thank you for joining us today, Derek Hicks. Uh, thank you for having me, Roger. Derek Hicks, president of Thompson Jewelers. Well, friends, that's going to do it for our show today. We really want to thank you for joining us. Give a shout-out to our producer, Jeff. And, friends, have a great weekend. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.